Hey, it's Paul Purnell here from the RPG Empire. So I have a couple of quick announcements, really quick, hopefully. Uh, first of all, we absolutely adore you. We think you are amazing, and we really are so thankful that you listen to our podcast and that you're a part of our community. And that said, we want to invite you to our uh, Discord server where you can communicate with us. You can ask questions about the stories. You can submit your own fan art and we can all go like, oh my God, I can't believe they made it look so cool or whatever we say. And then also uh, you can, you know, ask questions about running games and how that all works. So definitely hop on over there and join the community more uh, actively. We would love to have you. Um, also, the best thing you can do to support the RPG Empire, besides sending us fat stacks of cash, which we'll always accept, you know, envelopes, you can just address it right to me, um, <laughs> is uh, if you tell a friend. So 100% the best way for a podcast to grow is for people to hear about it from people they trust like you. So I know you have at least one friend. And tomorrow, I want you to go and tell them about this podcast that you're listening to right now that you love so that we can continue to grow and uh, and just really grow as a community. So that's your mission. Uh, and the final last thing to, to just request and say is if you want to support the RPG Empire with actual dollars, the best way you can do that right now is to buy our book, The Dust World RPG PBTA Quick Start Guide. It's five bucks. It's in our uh, shop on therpgempire.com. It's a super light read. It's 30 pages of fantastic layout, great art, and it teaches you everything you need to know to play a Powered by the Apocalypse game if you've never done that. Uh, maybe not everything you know. It It's brief. It's a quick start guide. But uh, it also comes with the playbooks and all the reference sheets. So we would love for you to do that and then hop in the Discord and tell us what, what you like about it, what you don't like about it. We're going to continue to uh, work on that until it's completely done. It should be around 300 pages, include a bunch of awesome manga art because we're really inspired by manga and anime. And uh, that's about it. So uh, those three things, again, were join the Discord to tell a friend, or buy the Dust World book, or do all three. We really appreciate that you listen to the podcast and that you're part of our community, and we can't wait to talk to you more in the Discord. So with all of that said, I'm going to let you get back to the show. Have a good day. Previously on Strangers in the Pines. Chad, you have spent a long, cold night on a very hard metallic cot. Yeah, Chad's probably just laying there with his eyes closed, humming to himself. So you watch as Sheriff Stone walks in and kind of like bangs on the bars real loud. Ah, Sheriff Stone, Sheriff Stone. What time is it? It's it's really hard to keep track of time when you when you're on the inside. Yeah. So so how many more hours I got to the twenty four or up? Or are you all planning on charging me with something? I don't know. Uh, you know, saving lives. Being abducted uh, by weird kids, I don't know. Actually, uh, thanks to um, Woodmore Industries and uh, Mr. Barry Mathers, we've got you on an indefinite hold. Uh, Sheriff Stone, uh, I don't suppose I'd get a phone call, would I? Uh, no. No, you do not. I can take it, because I'm a human, and we humans are supposed to be, you know, in charge of things and guardians of things, but that poor bug doesn't deserve it. That poor bug doesn't deserve to have its arm burned off by whatever the Woodmores are doing. Okay, um, can I point out the elephant in the room? You somehow stole the, like, the ouchie from the bug. Sorry, I can't think of a better way to say this. Like, some sort of weird crap is going on, and he kind of, like, puts his finger up to, like, shush, and he looks out the window, and he looks around. And, uh, and he kind of like gets them to lean closer to them. And, uh, and he's like, there was a weird guy at my house. There's a kind of a knock at the door, then a creak as you see a man that you've only seen once before. He is a kind of middle-aged man. He's got these hair plugs on the side and just kind of like this scraggly, like it's a goatee, but only in the loosest of definitions. And... He looks at you guys, and, and you recognize him. This is Rochester, the scientist. And he goes, I need to speak with you all. 
guys, I'm Isaac, the Deep of Strangers in the Pines, an actual play roleplay podcast using Monster of the Week rules, inspired by things like Gravity Falls, Stranger Things, and Twin Peaks. Let's begin. Hey, there's a town called Pine Forge. You heard of it? Yeah, it's nestled in the heart of the Blackwood National Park in Northeast Oregon. <laughs> the town seems small and quaint at first, but if you know what to look for, and you look hard enough, you realize something strange is brewing under the surface and in the pines that surround the town. This story follows four unusual high school students that we marked as they try to unravel the mysteries of the strangers in the pines. Uh, can I help you? Uh, yes. Um, he kind of like shuts the door behind him and looks at you, you three and goes, You all were at the industrial accident. Uh, you want to talk about the industrial accident? Well, no. And he holds up a piece of very familiar chitinous uh, material. Well, I have a question to you, and I put on my biggest smile. Uh, what is that? And he just looks at you and then kind of like takes a second and he pulls out this little dropper of something and drops a little, just a single drop on it and you watch as it starts to hiss and burn through this piece of chitin. My jaw tightens a bit, and I was like, So, uh, what's that liquid? This is... Uh, actually, I have no idea what this is. But for some reason, we have to pump it down into the mine. Well, that's pretty strange. My grin comes across as increasingly more stressed. Um, I think, uh, does the soil... And Water Commission know that you're just pumping uh, unidentified fluids into the earth for funsies? Because I think that uh, probably should be uh, something the town should be aware of. They know, although with the Woodmores, they don't necessarily care. Um, but I need to talk seriously. I I can tell I, when I saw those burns, I knew what had happened. I don't know what you're talking about, but, you know, there's more than I think. So you're saying the Woodmores know about this, but uh, do you know anything? Does the town know about this? The town belongs to the Woodmores, whether you like it or not. I, do, I disagree heavily with that assessment. Then you don't know the town well enough. It, <laughs> okay. But the burns on this are the same as the burns on your arms. If you all don't want any help... I just, like, stare at the wall. I'm kind of done talking to him. I'll go. What kind of help are you, uh, you suggesting there, Rothman? Well, you all saw what caused the accident. I saw the burns in the arms. And so you all know what this piece is from, don't you? And if we did? From what I can tell with the the, uh, the, the seismic activity that's happening here, uh, if we don't cause something to change, there's not going to be much of a town left. Well, and I do kind of turn back. It's like, well, I've been suffering from amnesia, obviously, so I have no idea what you're talking about, but I have... If I did, hypothetically, theoretically, I would say that uh, the things in the earth are were here first, and the fluids that you're just dumping uh, down into the mines uh, came second. So, you know, uh, when it comes to what should uh, give way and yield to the other, I would say probably the alien influence, if you know what I mean, by which I mean the human influence. One, stop putting a bunch of wait, fluids wait, hold into on, the hold earth. Wait, hold on, Dottie. So you're saying you'd rather, 
like whatever's happening, destroy all of your favorite Victorian houses. I don't think then, this like, would maybe be try happening to, like, stop if there wasn't fluid, happening. burning fluid, just gushing down into the mines. That's my thought. You don't think so? Well, Poindexter, is that true? Would did this happen after or before the stuff well, was getting pumped this. down in there? We had to start pumping this stuff down there recently. Long. The quarry was there long before we started having to pump whatever this is down there. So, I don't know what's happened. We haven't been really... I haven't been down there. I don't know what this is from. Who's, uh... On whose order were they... Pumping this stuff down Probably in there. from Mr. Woodmore. Hmm. Look, I just... I don't want whatever's happening to continue. And I want to do what I can to try and make that stop. You're the closest things I have... You're the closest people that aren't, as far as I can tell, aren't bought by the Woodmores that can try and do something about this. Alright, I'm gonna let the last mask slip for you a little bit, Rochester. I'm just going to ask you point blank. Is this hydraulic flag fracking fluid? Uh, no. No, it is not. At, th at this, I actually, my, you know, kind of overly pissed grin kind of wilts a little bit. And I like kind of furrow my eyebrows. So this is a poison then. A DDT poison. Um... He looks at you, he takes a drop, and he puts it on his tongue and just drops it. And nothing. He swallows it. What? What the hell? You just drink poison, as dude? Far, no. As far as I can tell, this thing doesn't do anything to humans or any sort of vegetation. I want to taste it, then. He passes it over to her. That's weird, Dottie. Um, okay. I'm going to take a sip. It it's it's almost like if you've had water from a faucet that's a little bit old and has just that kind of metallic tang in it. It's like cold, cold hose water. Kind of like sulfur water, a little bit. Uh, less less that less minerally, more like copper tasting. Okay, what's in this then? You don't know. Well, as far as I can tell, it's. Some sort of, well, it's, it's, it's got, it's basically water. And I don't, I don't understand what, what, what is in it, as far as I can tell, is simply water and some other little compound that I have not been able to figure out what it is. Well, who gave you this fluid, then? I procured it from some of the tanks down in the quarry, what was left of it. Well, and the tanks are with the Woodmore Industries. But you're the engineer, and you don't know how this fluid was made. So it's done by a completely different department, then? I... I don't know. I just... It's... Probably. I just designed the things. I designed the quarry. I'm... You know, I'm not a chemist. You're more structural engineer than necessarily a biochemist. Okay. Well, this is pretty weird crap going on. Um, I, yeah, we saw we saw the thing. It's a big ass thing. It's a huge bug, biggest freaking bug I've ever seen in my life. Bigger than anything in San Bernardino. How big? Uh, like a school bus size. He just kind of, like, looks really confused and very scared. Yeah, technically speaking, things like this shouldn't exist because of, uh, exoskeletons. But, um, yeah, apparently it does. Which, uh, that must be, uh, it must not have many predators. I would not, I would not, I, I wouldn't think so. Alright, I gotta, he kind of, like, looks around a little bit nervously, checking, checking the corners of the room. Um, you're not sure for what, but, um, he kind of takes out a small manila folder 
and kind of like passes it over to one of you and goes, all right, do with this what you can. Um, I have to go. I've probably done too much already. Wait, wait. Uh, Rothman. Rothschild, whatever. Uh, can, I, can I have that, he that water? Kinda, like, he looks over. He's, it's still in Dottie's hand. I hand it over. Okay, I, pl- I plug it and put it in my pocket. And I, I just kind of shrug and go, you know, just in case. Very true. Yeah, actually, I'd love to interject and and kind of do a read thoughts to see if uh, to see if this guy's like you know if he's got ulterior ulterior motives uh, sure. going on. All right, I got an 11, 11 for investigative mystery there. Okay, ask your questions. Yeah, um, I guess yeah, yeah. So so um, kind of reading his thoughts. Uh, you know, hearing Dottie actually ask the questions of like, what is it? You know, what is it for? You know, talking about the liquid. Um, Danny's kind of reading this guy's thoughts uh, to, tr- to to try to get the truth. If the truth happens to be that he honestly doesn't know, then that's fine. But uh... so when when trying to figure out what can he do, what can it do, is kind of in reference to his knowledge and the liquid. And from reading his mind. He is terrified. He is he is terrified of the liquid because you think he might have lied about him being a chemist, but is a little but is too proud to say that he doesn't know what else is in this this material. Um, but uh, he is also has no idea. All he knows is that it affects this certain type of chitin, and that's that's all the and he, it's all all that he knows that it does. Okay, okay. Yeah, what is being concealed here, I guess? So, what is being concealed here is, from what you know, uh, this guy has seen things of this nature before. Things that, that he doesn't understand because they don't, they shouldn't work because of science. And that's as much as you can get. Okay. Yeah, because if, you know, you have gravity and your skeleton on the outside, I mean, it's just going to crush the inward innards if it's too much. What if it's a really strong skeleton? I mean, exoskeletons are really strong. That's why, you know, proportional strength of a spider means something. But, you know. It's it's like blood flow, like uh, uh, a heart. A heart would have to be so strong to be able to pump blood because blood doesn't scale up it's not like it has giant blood it still has normal sized blood it's stuff like that whenever Dottie says like that that's not scientifically possible Danny would throw that factoid out there you know he'd start talking about uh or here I'll do it in his voice yes that's true a heart would have to be too strong to be able to pump the blood all the way to all the different parts of the body and it's just not scientifically possible um as you guys as you were as you were no, as you were talking about this, um, he has turned and just very quickly left, leaving you with that Manila folder. Okay, who did he hand it to? Um, I'd say he handed it probably to the nearest one, so I'm gonna go with uh, um, Lucas. But as you guys get ready to open this folder, we're gonna cut back to Chad. That sounds like a plan. So, Chad, Chad, you are. This is day day two for you. In the jail cell, and as you're kind of in there, you see Sheriff Stone and your dad walk into the to the office, and Sheriff Stone unlocks it, opens the door, and just kind of looks at you and, go, and goes, "Well, oh, you're free to go." No, uh, and just kind of, he looks he looks kind of a mix between kind of like sad, upset, and um, nervous as your dad just looks at you and just cold and motionless as he just says, Chadwick, I need you to come with me. So, um, Chad will get up off the metal bunk where he's been laying for, I guess, more than 24 hours now, stretch, walk over to the sheriff, um, knowing full well that his his name is Sheriff Maxwell Stone, Sheriff of Pineforge. He'll look him straight in the eye and says, Larry, 
Larry, when I'm done with you, you, the only badge you'll be qualified to wear is one that authorizes you to say, would you like some more fries with that? And then I'll, I'll turn to my uh, father and say, father, and I'll, I'll walk past them both. Um, so your, uh, your dad kind of walks with you still silent outside the, the police station or kind of like the sheriff's office. It's not, it's not big, but it's not super small. It's probably got about six share, uh, six deputies, two sheriffs. Um, and you know, they do have, uh, some extra gear, mostly supplied by your father's donations. Um, as you kind of go out there and you see your car with your backpack sitting in it as well as a few things in the back and then your father's limo as he looks at you uh sticks his hand out and he goes your key to the house i look at him i say father i used to be i've spent my entire life terrified of you but now that i think of it you have never laid a hand on me when i needed a beating you send me to the kitchen staff but the truth is there are more terrifying things in this town now than you those kids are up to no good they're doing things and causing serious trouble to my town sure this is your town right now but you can cut me off from company resources, you can cut me off from family resources, but you cannot disown me. I am the designee of the legacy as long as I adhere to the rules, and I will drop the key into his hand and turn and walk away. As you start to walk away, he just says very quietly, not if I have a second son, and then he gets into the limo. Huh. I turn back and said, that's not how it works. Grandfather explained it to me. Have a nice day, Father. So, uh, Ch yeah, Chad will get into his Jeep. And as soon as there's basically no one looking, he's just going to just start swearing and just beating the heck out of the, the, the steering wheel. And then he's going to get in the glove compartment, check a secret stash of cash to see if he's got a reasonable amount of fundage to get him through at least in the near term. Chad will head to South... He hasn't eaten for like almost a day and a half, so he's going to go eat first. And um, what he's going to do if nothing happens between now and when he finishes eating, he's heading over to the radio station. So you're going to walk into Sal's and everyone kind of like takes a second. They recognize you. Um, you get some food and are just eating... But, and, and nobody really says anything. You just kind of go there, eat, and you start heading to the Pine Forge Community Radio, which is this kind of, it's a little bit kind of on the, it's a little bit out of the way a little bit. It's kind of this own s small radio station st uh, tucked in on this little, uh, this kind of like this foothill right at the beginning of the mountains. And so you kind of drive up this long gravel path so it's like like maybe like a little a little like two-story concrete C block building. Yes. Uh, yeah, and then it's got like a huge radio tower, like all painted red and white that sticks up like 30 stories into the air. That's basically it. You know, it has kind of like this, you know, the little it's got a kind of old faded banner out front that that or that reads, you know, 97.8 uh Pine Forge Community Radio. And then it has like the fox sun has this little like like cartoon fox with sunglasses on. Um, but it's really faded. There's like a little bit of mold at the edges of it. And you see this kind of it what it probably was restored at one point, but it is not restored now. It but it's um kind of old classic car. It is eh, but yeah, and yeah, you have the radio uh, radio station in front of you. All right, so uh, Chad will walk up. Uh, I'm assuming there's some kind of lobby or something like that, like a public entrance, or is it more of like a locked door and you got to knock to get in? So it's more like a locked door. Um, they don't get know, a lot of visitors? Not necessarily, no. All right, well, then uh, I'll, I'll walk up and, um, you know, 
compose myself. You know, I'm still a little frumpy. I haven't changed clothes or anything, but uh, I'll knock on the door. You wait a few minutes, and then um, opening the door is, um, as you've seen it, like different different parades and whatnot. Murdoch Fox, and he goes, "Oh, hey, hello." Hello, Murdoch Fox. I'm Chad Woodmore the Seventh, and I have a story for you. Hey guys, my name is Paul Purnell, and I am the creative director of the RPG Empire. And I just wanted to take a minute to tell you kind of what's going on with us and give you a sense of who we are and how you can connect with us. You can check us out on therpgempire.com, which will take you to our Patreon. I don't need to say a lot about that. Everyone knows what Patreon is. You can learn more about other shows that we're producing on there. You can see the things that we're giving away for free. But I also want to just say, if you love this story as much as we love telling it, please leave us a review and share it. Sharing is 100% the best way to help this podcast. I would love for you to join the Patreon, but if nothing else, if you just share it, that would be amazing. So I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening and being a part of this, and we hope you join the Empire. And Definitely reach out to us through Instagram and Patreon. The RPG Empire, it's, it's everywhere. everywhere. Now back to the show. He kind of like perks up and goes... Alrighty, Chad, it's delightful. Come on in and tell me. Just immediately tempo shift. Um, as he like leads you inside, and it's like this super 70s radio station. He has like these kind of, you know. Shag carpets. Oh, yeah, it is. Lava it, lamps. But the thing is, it's actually really nice. Like, I, you don't know how he did it, but he has maintained it, and it looks fantastic. So... And he like Murdoch Fox, I like what you've done with the place. Why, thank you. And he sits down on this couch and you watch as it kind of shakes. And as you go to kind of sit down, you realize, oh my God, it's a waterbed couch. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Okay, okay. Chad struggles to contain his glee at this. Um, but, you know, he tries to remain cool and calm, sits down. Says, so, Murdoch Fox, um... I suppose you've heard of the recent incident at the uh, quarry uh, my father's company has been constructing. Yes, I have. I did hear about that. And I suppose you've heard that some teenagers, some local high school students, you know, saved pretty much everyone that was there. Yes, yes, that has been buzzing around. Would it interest you to know that uh, Sheriff Maxwell Stone had one of those high school school students locked up for the last almost 48 hours, no charges, attempted to give him a polygraph without any kind of legal representation, denied said student legal representation, denied phone calls, etc., etc., yada, yada, yada. And he goes on and on and on and basically explains the huge miscarriage of justice, including his father's and the um, the law firm's participation in keeping you know Chad himself locked up, um, you know, there's all sorts of you know human rights violations and things that were perpetrated uh, against Chad, and he's pissed. Um, Murdoch's Murdoch just his grin just keeps getting bigger and bigger the more you say, as um, he kind of stands and he goes. Come on and follow me. That's a juicy story, and I'm sure our listeners want to hear it. As um, he walks into the recording studio, puts on a set of um, big headphones, and flips on the microphone, and goes, Hello, listeners. Sorry to interrupt your tunes, but I have a special announcement regarding our recent incidents. Everyone knows that the quarry had a little bit of an incident, and apparently... Four high school students managed to save a fair amount of people. Well, continuing on that story is the boy of the big boss himself, Chad Woodmore. Chad, come here and join us. Thank you very much, Murdoch Fox. I am uh, very, very pleased to be with you here today, though um, I almost wasn't able to be here. It's a very sad story, I have to say. Well, tell us why you almost couldn't join us. 
Well, it started with, you know, uh, me and some other local high school students, you know, being nearby the quarry when the seismic activity happened. And we heard the sirens going off and the screams and um, all of the um, the employees there were locked in behind this chain link fence. And uh, thinking quickly, I grabbed a, uh, a forklift and knocked the gate down and got the ones on the surface out. And then we charged in and helped evacuate, um, help evacuate the rest of the miners from inside. And, and you know what kind of thanks I got for this, this public service? What kind of thanks did you get, Chad? Well, Sheriff Maxwell Stone of the uh, Pine Forge Police Department threw me in, in jail and, and kept me locked up for the last 48 hours. No charges, no phone call, no access to a lawyer, and they tried to give me a polygraph examination without any form of consent or legal representation. I'm sure there's some human rights violations in there, don't you think? Well, even if they aren't, that is a dick move. <laughs> Yeah. So, so would you think I should uh, make some kind of, um, I don't know, like uh, uh, manipulate somebody uh, for the general population to see how many people in the town believe me? Absolutely, <laughs> Romy manipulates someone. All right. I think I want to use some luck on. At the same time, at the same time, can I roll hunches to see if Danny knows to uh, gets an idea to turn on the radio? Hear all of this? Yep. A seven, which is a mixed success. They'll do it if you if you do something for them right now or show that you mean it. Yeah, then Chad will almost like in a forced sort of a display of emotion, he'll he'll sort of break down. And as a result, I've been kicked out of the house and sent packing by my own father for saving his employees. Hear that, folks? This hometown hero has got kicked out by the big boss. If that doesn't speak to that little part of your soul, then nothing will. My only question for you, Chad, is who are the who are who are the other hometown heroes that helped you in this? There's a couple of uh, freshmen. I, I can't really say that I, I I like or trust them, but they were in the right place at the right time, and they did help us save some people. But um. I don't feel at liberty to divulge their identities. That will be for them to come forward. <sighs> Chad, Chad, Chad. Come on, you've shared all these juicy details. Give us, give us a little something more. Okay, the only thing more I can give you is that I could be a better sheriff than, than Maxwell Stone. So let's get rid of him and vote in Chad Woodmore, the seventh. <laughs> well, we'll, hey. If those elections come up, we'll see what happens. Just, all right, well, hopefully we'll get some more of your compatriots in. Make sure the stories are straight. I actually think we're going to run a small piece of you. Have If you were there, have any information, feel free to come on and share. A, share. And this has been 97.8 Pine Forge Community Radio. Murdoch Fox signing off. Back to tunes, and he kind of like hits a button, turns on a record, and takes the headphones off and looks over. Hey, man. Thanks. That was a good interview. Kind of oh, like I really, I really appreciate you putting me on the air. That was actually the best little bit of fun I've had in in months. Murdoch, if I were still in control of of the resources I had available an hour ago. I'd take you out to dinner, but you're going to have to let me give you a rain check on that. Don't worry about it, man. You got kicked out of the house. Yeah, yeah well, I'll tell you what, though. It's it's a temporary situation. The, um, the Woodmore legacy is very specific about the rules. And if my father could break those rules, he would have done it a long time ago. In fact, his father would have done it a long time ago. My grandpa was... Not even as nice of a man as my father is, but he actually treats me with somewhat respect. So, speaking of which, I need to make a phone call. Would you excuse me, sir? Sure, absolutely. Feel free to use the, um, feel free to use the telephone. And man, my parents did the same thing. If you need to crash for a little bit. I'll tell you what, if you could let me crash on your couch there for a few days to get on my feet. Hey man, happy to have you. Ha <laughs> ha!
Murdoch, you are the man. That's what I've been told. And we're going to cut back to the hospital. I think we should stop talking now. Something interesting is about to come on the radio. Chad, come here and join us. Thank you very much, Murdoch Fox. I am uh, very, very pleased to be with you here today, though um, I almost wasn't able to be here. Hey, guys, 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 shut up. Listen. Oh, my God. Is that Chad? Oh, God. Chad. Oh, man. What is he going to say? My only question for you, Chad, is who are the who are who are the other hometown heroes that helped you in this? That's a couple of uh, freshmen. I, I can't really say that I, I, I like or trust them, but they were in the right place at the right time, and they did help us save some people. What? Are you serious? I mean, I held up a whole freaking mountain. What a jerk. Yes, that's true. I would say that his interactions and input was minimal to the actual saving. That's what, that's what I'm saying, man. I mean, dude, does the world need to know that we saved people? Or No, I, mean, I would rather they didn't. I'm glad that he didn't use our names. Exactly. Was that a rhetorical question, Dottie? Exactly. Well, uh, a little bit. A little bit. Yes, actually. See, you're getting it. You're getting it. Lucas, Lucas, you should not have answered that. Sorry. It was rhetorical. My bad. Dottie wasn't actually expecting an answer. I see, I see. Well. It's okay <laughs> that he answered me. I don't expect an answer. Oh, God. Could you imagine if Chad was, like, the sheriff? That would be balls, man. Well, I don't really care because, you know, his apparently his parents own this town, so he might as well be sheriff. But guess what? If he's kicked out of the house, that means we can't go back to his house now. Uh. Oh, my gosh, Dottie. <laughs> I can't. It's a beautiful house. How do you not appreciate it? I could go for another one of those Italian sodas. Exactly. I'm not saying we need to get him back to his house because, I mean, I don't know. I don't... How do you separate, like, the son of the company that's putting strange, unidentified liquids into the earth? I mean, this is the type of stuff my parents warned me the Woodmores are, would do. And I always thought, uh, you're being conspiratorial. And now they're doing it. And I just don't know, uh, I think we need to show this liquid to my parents, to be honest. I mean, I honestly don't care that they're pouring water into there and hurting giant bugs. Who gives a crap about giant bugs? But I do. The giant bugs destroying the town, that could, that could be a problem. Was that a rhetorical question? No, no, I mean, I really don't care about giant bugs. I guess, yes, it was a historic, a rhetorical question. Well so, so to answer your question, in that case, Dottie cares, and there might be other people who are environmentally minded who care. I guess I care a little bit if the bugs aren't bad, but they seem to be bad, so that that's who who would care. Why Thanks. are the bugs bad? Just Thanks. because they're making ruckus down in the earth? Because uh, they're creating earthquakes and, like, destroying the forest, and they're going to destroy the town. And as you say that... You feel the buildings start to shake and sway. Oh, God. See, I told you, and I definitely brace myself. <laughs> I, like, jump under a bed or something. I, I think he's kind of terrified from earthquakes. He's well prepared and, and well terrified of earthquakes. Does Chad also feel the earthquake over at the radio tower? Uh, yes. Yes, he does. Um, It starts out small and... You all are like, oh, it's like one, and then it starts getting really aggressive as like things start to fall from like um, shelves and off of tables and counters. Your bed actually makes like that screeching metal noise as it shifts on the floor. Um, you watch as um, different like records start to fall off the walls in the studio, and probably after about five minutes it's it stops and it was lucas you're a little bit more um you're a little bit more used to this yeah uh the rest of you this is fucking horrifying so i get up and i look around are you guys okay yes i'm i'm okay that was an earthquake sometimes we get them up here i don't know if you get them often in san bernardino but <laughs> you know we're that's why I went and I got in the doorway. 
that uh, doorways are safe to be are, are safe spots to be in and and i i hope my mom's okay uh, it was small it was small danny it, it had to be like maybe only like a two point it, it wasn't it wasn't bad but uh we we definitely should get out of here i mean obviously it's the bugs i i don't have any idea i mean you found that lady's car maybe what if you just i don't know do whatever you did before so as you guys are saying this you feel um you feel another quake happen again and i need everyone to roll me and act under pressure except for dotty i got a nine yeah you you are in a bed and that's why you don't have to roll not to fall over because you're already laying down act under pressure is cool i'm giving myself a plus two which makes it a plus four you know what never mind i'm not going to because i want to fail i want a point of xp <laughs> well all right too bad Damn it, I got it all up. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out that doing cross-country skiing prepares you for, you know, being on a somewhat unstable surface. You know, all right. Focus to this in some way. You feel the, the hospital start to sh- shake violently. Things start falling over. Um, you guys actually barely manage to, like, grab onto walls and things to keep yourselves from not falling to the ground. As you hear these massive, almost, like... Um, it's almost like a mix of an explosion and a tear as, um, um, Danny and, uh, Lucas, you guys are, see outside the window, like, um, different cracks start and sinkholes start forming in, like, the road and under towns as a few buildings start to, like, shift and, and, um, and break. And this lasts for probably about ten minutes. Did, uh... Did the none of that was inside of the hospital though, right? That's like outside. Uh, you heard you're not, you heard you're not sure it was really loud, and you haven't really explored the hospital enough to to know if anything happened in the hospital. It might have the room you're in seems fine for now. Okay, but, but Lucas's have... mom and also Danny's mom are in the hospital, just like outside of the room, right? They're in the hospital. Uh, I think Lucas would dart out of the room. He'd be like, oh shit, guys, my mom. I, I gotta, I gotta go find my mom. Um, roll me an act under pressure. You got it. Danny would also, uh, want to do this, but, uh. <laughs> Mark experience. I got a five. Danny, Danny would follow. I definitely go the wrong direction or something. <laughs> uh, no, you, you start to run and then being it's in the middle of an earthquake, um, you fall and hit the ground really hard. Okay. Uh, Danny, you want to fall after? Follow after? Ro- roll an act under pressure check to try and not, you know, be thrown off balance or knocked over by this earthquake. Oof, that's a. <laughs> we both suck in earthquakes, apparently. <laughs> Danny, you you try and try and run and then fall directly on top of Lucas. Just <laughs> almost. Almost um, three Stooges style. It's like Lucas runs, gets like a little bit out of the hallway, and then slips and falls, hits the ground, is in a daze. And then Danny turns, runs, and then slips and falls. He doesn't even slip on Lucas. He just slips and falls and lands directly on Lucas. Oof! Ow! As um, dang! Ow! Danny! Uh, that was what? an accident. That was an accident. Mom, 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 where are you? You see your your mom kind of like, um, they're kind of like slam out of a restroom, um, a little bit down the hall and like hit the walls, like trying to brace herself against the wall and work her way towards you. And she's just you know saying it like saying encouraging things, um, but probably it ends probably a few minutes after you guys fall. And she's just about down to you as it kind of like slows down. Okay, is my mom as, in the uh, hall? Do I see her anywhere? No, you do not. God, mom. Uh, uh, I run over to the nurse's station. Uh, all right, there's a nurse there and she's on the phone and just all the, you see all these little lights on her station are just lighting up as she, as she looks at you and she goes, what's wrong? Where, are you all right? Where's my mom? My, where, where's... Where's Jasmine Santiago? She looks and she's just flipping through things. And she's like, 
And she like looks through patience and stops, um, and goes on the intercom and goes, uh, uh, Nurse Santiago, I need you at a uh, Nurse Station Three as um, and a few minutes later, probably well not even a few minutes, probably about a minute later, your mom comes up just like running down the hallway as she sees you and just kind of runs up and gives you a hug. Yeah, Lucas definitely like meets her and like grabs her and probably picks her up before realizing like he's showing too much strength. Oh God, Mom, I'm so glad you're okay. Oh, I was so freaked out. I was worried too. Are you are you alright? Are your friends alright? Yeah, yeah, we're okay. I mean, I slipped and fell, but I'm 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 fine, I think. I'm sorry about that, Lucas, and I'm glad that your mom's okay. My mom's okay too. Oh good. I hope Dottie's mom and dad are okay. Yeah. We should probably go check on Dottie. Since she didn't get to roll act under pressure, did something from the ceiling just like fall and land right on top of her? <laughs> no, uh, no, she's just. I'm um, just safe. Thanks yeah, she, for trying to get me in trouble. <laughs> no, it was very. It was that thing of she's laying in a bed, and so she's already technically fallen down. It was just on purpose. Did you guys head back to the room? Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, you guys, you guys head back to the room. And we're gonna cut over to Chad and Murdoch at the the station. What are you guys doing while this earthquake is happening? Chad'll be like, Murdoch, dude, get under the doorway. It's the strongest point. Where's the stairs to the roof? I need to get a bird's eye view. I gotta figure out where this thing is so I can kill it. Um Murdoch's just he looks at you a little little confused and points at this kind of like side staircase going up. Um, right, dude. Right, dude. You stay there. Stay safe. And and, and Chad will run up the stairs and then look for the access to climb up the tower. Um. So the stairs kind of lead up to this doorway, and you um open it, and it kind of you it, it, there's basically leads into a, a doorway and then a hallway, and you see down the hallway it's kind of like this. It's it's Murdoch Fox's bachelor pad. You open that door and you go out and you're on the roof. I need you to roll me an act under pressure. Absolutely. And this is one I don't want to fail, so I am going to bottle this one up. Okay. When I bottle it up, I think I'm going to give myself a plus one. All right. So you got a 10. So you open that door and get out on the roof. And you look and this and you from the top of this have a pretty have a pretty solid view of the town. And you see j- different areas um, of the town. Is- is there any obvious, in. yeah, any obvious epicenter that I can see from here, starting looking at where the quarry is, where the manor house would be, and then scanning the whole town, looking for like a center of the strongest point kind of thing? So you don't necessarily see a center. Uh, you see kind of two more definite, three definite areas. There's definitely activity at the, um, at the quarry and the town. Um, not as much on the hill, Um but then you kind of see probably a little bit behind the quarry this massive dust plume go up. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Man, it'd be cool if I ended up saving my dad's life at this point. Um, Chad, Chad is going to. Is there an easy egress to get down to the ground from here? Or do I need to go back down through the building? You have to go back down through the building. All right. So then I think that's what I'm going to do. Chad is going to head for the jeep uh, and head off toward the quarry. Assuming my rifle and everything is in the Jeep where, you know, all my other gear is. Um, you get down to the Jeep. So, roll an act, uh, roll, the earthquake's still happening when you're running down. Um, sure. Uh, roll another act under pressure. All right, I'm going to roll this one straight up. Hey, Chad, you could have jumped off the building and used uh, your super. Oh, and there's my XP. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, how badly do I get hurt? Um, you hit those stairs, there's a particularly big shift, and you just tumble down those stairs. You finally hit the bottom, you're kind of, um, stunned, and so, uh, you take, you take one damage, All right, um, ignore one, armor. Yeah, I was gonna say, that's, that's pretty cool. So, one damage, ignore armor, and it probably knocks the wind out of me. Now, let me ask you this, because I did just level... And I've been thinking, or I've been thinking like all week about something I'd like to do, but I think it's going to require Keeper and one of the players' permission. I would like to take Dottie's angel wings as 
I've kind of been infected by that ability because that's been done to me a few times. And I would be able to basically use that power. You, I will let you take angel wings. But it is for a different reason. Okay. As when you hit that <laughs> ground and you're kind of stunned and looking up, you kind of shift, get onto like your your hands and knees looking down at your own shadow. And mm. strangely, the small face forms in it and it looks at you, but only for a second. What the hell? Or, what the hell? Because I, I just bashed my face into the ground. Yep. So what's the face look, what's the face look like? It's almost like one of those theater masks, but it's just there for a second. Like an in-between between like the stop sign guy and the theater mask. Is, is it possible that as a result of this, um, Chad kind of panics and tries to back slash back, back flip away from it and ends up landing in his grandpa's study? As you kind of like grab this, you feel yourself. Instead, it's more like imagine running through like like an icy field at night, but there's no moon or stars out, so it's completely black. And you feel this kind of like pulling as you're running um, from the center of your chest, and then it it's like you hit a brick wall, and you pop out, and you're just in the kind of in the middle of the woods. From where you are, you kind of recognize this as being like kind of the outskirts of the hill. Why does this keep happening to me? Hey there, dear listeners. This is your DM Isaac. If you've enjoyed the show, you should check out the others on the RPG Empire family. Whether you crave the high-stakes adventures of the Wild West, tales of intrigue or magic, or the rough and gritty terrain of a post-apocalyptic world, RPG Empire has it all. With podcasts, playbooks, moves, and all things Monster of the Week and related system, it's the perfect place to find everything you need to enjoy your own mystery, adventure, or tale. So come join us. Be part of the mystery.